and gentlemen, let's go. We ain't got no time to wait. Let's go. You are now listening to Jason Anderson, and you are in the zone. You're in the zone with Jason Anderson on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Adam, um, your your night with Beards and Briscoe, if you won the prize that uh, the three of you just get to hang out and do what? Um... Wow. Uh. Yeah. So many possibilities. Um, so much. How about we, how about we, uh, can't somebody else win this prize? Why am I not doing this prize? You're in the zone on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's that time of year again. We all have to decide. What really matters? The most existential time in the NFL calendar is here. Does anything really matter? Does the rain outside dampen your day? Does Chris Jones not being in St. Joe dampen your week? Yes and yes. Those two questions are actually not rhetorical. I feel pretty strongly about my answer to both of those. But beyond that, how dark have things gotten in Kansas City? How dark have things gotten in St. Joseph, Missouri, with the rain of the day and number 95 eclipsing everything else beyond that? They are back outside in St. Joe. Uh, they started indoors because of the weather, but still no Chris Jones. And also with just one full practice with the full team with the veterans under our belts, we have a lot that we can talk about from yesterday's action and as the Chiefs are on the practice field right now in St. Joe, expecting to hear from them in about an hour. We'll uh, talk a little more about all of these inner workings at noon with our friend Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated. And uh, we're going to have plenty of time to break this all down here on today's edition of The Zone. I'm Joshua Briscoe here with you. Jason Anderson will be back with us tomorrow. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. And uh, there, are, there are two, I think, obvious, enormous, at least talking points that come out of yesterday's practice. And one of them is about who wasn't there at all, and the other one is about who left before it really actually started. Which isn't the way you want to start your off-season conversation. Now look, there's there's worse ways for it to go. You can have severe injuries that begin to put the bad omens over your entire season. That can happen right out of the gate. It's already happened to C.J. Garner-Johnson. It feels like it happens to the Ravens every year, where you get two days into training camp and bad things are going on. The Chiefs aren't there. I don't think there's reason to be panicking right now. But when Andy Reid says he's a little surprised, I'm a little surprised. And so I think starting with Chris Jones, with the other name I've inferred already being Kadarius Tony, I think we have to start with Chris Jones today, despite the fact that there was nothing that took the air quite out of my sails of training camp, like seeing that Kadarius Tony had, quote, tweaked his knee, unquote, while uh, shagging some punts before practice yesterday. An enormous part of the Chiefs' offense this year, their offseason plan to this point, their wide receiving core, really just hinges on Kadarius Tony being healthy. Him tweaking his knee yesterday doesn't mean his season is over. That, that I haven't seen anything to even insinuate that it's terribly serious. But it's 
I mean, it's just deflating. You can you you just watch someone talk about how their new diet starts on Monday, and then the first thing you saw them eat first thing in the morning was you know a hash brown. It's like, hey, that doesn't seem like the right thing to do to keep you on the right track. Yeah, that's. I'm concerned about Kadarius Tony's health because I think he's one of the most fun players in football whenever all those muscles and tendons are all where they're supposed to be. And as I've talked about many times before, I guess I am starting with Kadarius Tony because it's the one that makes me the most sad right now. Health is not a character trait. This happens a lot where injury availability often gets conflated with like if this dude really wants to be out there is actually trying or what. Doing the work in the off season, I don't think we have any evidence, any reason to ask if Kadarius Tony wants to be out there. Seems like he loves it. Dude as dynamic as anything. Just has been. I mean, we've seen plenty of reports of you know Kadarius Tony something tweak. I hope this is the last time we hear the word tweak around Kadarius Tony throughout all of training camp the whole season. I remain hopeful, but tweaked his knee. Shagging punts before the first full team practice of training camp is not how I wanted his off or his preseason really to begin. That much is obvious. Nothing new on that right now. Maybe we'll hear more from the Chiefs as the day goes on. But that was yesterday for Kadarius Tony, and that that makes me sad because I have high high hopes for him. That's the hurdle, though. Just health and availability. For Chris Jones, the Hurdle is a little bit more unknown, I suppose. Because I don't know how high that hurdle is or how willing the Chiefs are to attempt to jump over it. But he doesn't report to training camp. And the phrasing from Adam Schefter includes a phrase that I I don't think to this point we had heard any time this offseason. So Schefter tweets, as the rest of the veterans have reported in St. Joe, Adam Schefter tweets, Chiefs All-Pro defensive tackle Chris Jones, who has been seeking a new deal this offseason, did not report with the rest of the team to training camp today, per source. The two sides remain, quote, far apart on a new deal from the defensive players of the year finalist. This is the first time, to my eyes, we've we have seen the report floated out there that the Chiefs and Chris Jones are, quote, far apart. Now, look, we've we've been kind of tearing down some of these walls for a little bit in some of our recent discussions about contract negotiations. We're just going to go ahead and start knocking down, if not the fourth wall, I don't know, at least we're going to put some holes in it. Let you see through a few things here, okay? Him not reporting and Schefter tweeting that the two sides are far apart on a new deal is coming from Chris Jones' agent. No one has told me that's from his agent. The agent did not send this to me myself. I'm just telling you. Having seen plenty of these tweets before, this this is this is Chris Jones's agency saying, "Yeah, he's not going to be there because we are so far apart on this new deal. We're being very reasonable. We just want to be played, paid very very near Aaron Donald. We're not even saying he be paid more than Aaron Donald. Well, but boy, we are just getting disrespected. We are so far apart on this deal. Ooh, we just can't. It would be unreasonable for Chris Jones to be a camp." While we're so far apart on this deal. And if nothing happens over the next couple of days, we're probably going to see a tweet, maybe from Schefter, maybe from somebody else, that says, 
Uh, you know, the Chiefs have been working really, really hard on this Chris Jones deal. But Jones is just asking for so much money. He's just, there's an unreasonable expectation here. The Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs have drawn a line in the sand, folks. And they said, we're not going to pay him more than we're going to, than the Rams paid Aaron Donald. We can't, you know, we can, we can get you all the way up to the, the high, the upper 20s in the millions of dollars per year. But we're not going to be able to hit that 28, 29 range. But man, we've been working on it. It's just they're being unreasonable. That's going to come from the team. Whenever that, Report comes out. It's the team side. Now we are finally having this back and forth in public. And and it really hadn't gotten to that point this offseason, which sometimes it does. Sometimes it gets public way before this point, which, frankly, to me, gives me a little bit of comfort in all of this. This this back and forth, this this bantering, this little tennis match wasn't happening before the draft because the Chiefs weren't that worried about wanting to make sure they could move him for draft picks because that hasn't been the goal. The goal has been to get Chris Jones extended. If the goal was to move on from Chris Jones to get max value back, that would have happened before the draft, like it did with Tyreek Hill. I think there is an infinitesimal chance the Chiefs are just now starting to take Chris Jones' trade calls. We can talk about what might happen if they don't get this deal done this year. But right now, Chris Jones, or his camp, is paying fifty grand per day to not be in St. Joe. Now, I do think there are some people on this uh, on this team who might willingly pay fifty thousand dollars to sleep in their own bed and not in a dorm during this portion of the season. Chris Jones might be among them, but obviously, this is all about getting this new deal done, figuring out where it settles in next. I wanted to get the. Uh, the little snippet here from uh, the phrasing on the chief side as well. That I, I, the chief side, I'm putting kind of in air quotes because uh, James Palmer here had the uh, had the tweet as I wait for the website formerly known as Twitter to load. We'll talk about that at some point today. I just can't do it right now because it'll be the whole show. <sighs> Opening my ex favorite website back in the day. James Palmer tweets, The Chiefs were optimistic something would get done by the start of training camp. We are here and a deal isn't done. My sense, my sense is that feeling of optimism wasn't really mutual from both sides as camp approached. So, so you have Schefter's side saying, far apart. Palmer's side saying, Chiefs were optimistic. And uh, I think Nate Taylor uh, with the report about the uh, kind of the efforting that had gone to that point. We can play a little best case, worst case. We can play a little most likely case. We can freak out. We can sing Kumbaya. Here's where I more or less think that we're headed. And then I'll tell you what I think happens if I'm wrong. Right now where I think we're headed, ultimately, I'm just guessing from here, is that Chris Jones will sign a very large contract extension with the Kansas City Chiefs before training camp completely gets away from you. I, I don't know if it'll be this week, next weekend, early next week. As the uh, aforementioned Nate Taylor of The Athletic had, had said recently, um, if August 1 gets here and it's not done... Maybe the intensity level ratchets up a little bit. The concern can ratchet up a little bit. But I'm going to give us 
the rest of July operating from a space of, I think the most likely outcome here is a big extension that happens within the, the remainder of this month. Because this is a marriage that makes sense for both sides to continue. Now, I know everyone listening right now is thinking, okay, but when did that stop being true for Tyreek Hill? A fair question. Because that was the status quo for me with Hill as well. Until Devontae Adams' new deal, wide receiver market recalibrates, Tyreek Hill reasonably says, oh, I don't want to just be like amongst the highest paid receivers. I want to get the biggest deal I can right now in what will be the largest deal of my NFL career, one that he has since talked about finishing and then retiring from the league with. We'll, We'll see. But I want I want max money right now as the market shifts under my feet. I don't I'm not going to be content to be merely very well paid. And that hasn't happened with the defensive tackle market this year. Now there there have been big deals. Quinn Williams' deal is a four year ninety six million dollar deal with sixty six million guaranteed. That was on July thirteenth. And Javon Hargrave, Dexter Lawrence, Deron Payne, Jeffrey Simmons, they all signed four-year deals worth upwards of $80 million. Now, you've got it. There's a little bit of funny math that can come as contracts get inflated and guaranteed money and all of that. But just where the market is kind of settled right now. Now, Aaron Donald is on this three-year $95 million deal, which is worth almost $32 million per year, all of it. Practically guaranteed per per Spotrack's practical guarantee measurement. Everything we've heard at this point has been that Chris Jones would be content to be the second highest paid interior defensive lineman in football. That would put him above Quinn and Williams on that four-year 96, 66 guaranteed, but below the 31 and a half or so that Aaron Donald was making per year. Pretty much all guaranteed. I am not that worried if the Chiefs and Chris Jones are, you know, air quotes here, pretty far apart on the average annual value. If the Chiefs are saying, yeah, we got uh, we got 26 per year for you, and Jones' side is saying, well, we want 30, well, 28's in the middle, and maybe you figure it out. That's about the cap hit of what he's expected to, to have this year. But all right, you know, we're trying to, we'll, we'll meet somewhere in the middle. I get worried if the gap in the two sides comes from the guaranteed money. Because that's where the gap could be legitimately too wide to bridge. I'm, I am not panicking about that on the Chiefs' behalf. I am not completely sure that that's where the rift is. But that's where you could say, hey, I'm if you're Chris Jones this year, I've got a bunch of the salary math here, all right? If you're Chris Jones this year, you're earning this year with a $28 million cap hit. That's $19.5 million in base salary with about $1.75 million in bonuses. And then there's about $7 million in a prorated bonus, which is just a salary cap trick. He's already got that money. 
But, but you know, 20-ish million dollars of cash is coming to Chris Jones this year if he just plays out the last year of his deal. Then if he were to get franchise tagged by the Chiefs next offseason, be a huge number here, but the Chiefs could be in a spot to deal with it. They're going to be paying Chris Jones a lot either way. If they, if they tag Chris Jones next offseason, if he were to play out this entire year, Tyron Matthew style, essentially, now, obviously with Matthew, they just played him out, let him walk. For Jones, it could be play this out, tag him. Well, then next year, his, his franchise tag would be about $33.5 million per, per Joel Corey, and that's a 20% raise over what he's making now, which is a different thing than averaging the top five at the position. That's usually how the franchise tag goes, unless you have one of those higher salaries, and so the... This like second little mechanism. If your eyes glaze over here, don't don't worry about it. It's not that important, but it's kind of interesting. The franchise tag is going to make sure you get a raise. Essentially, that's where Jones would end up. But so if he ends up with a thirty-three and a half million dollar salary cap hit on the franchise tag next year, he can sign that, and that money is guaranteed to him. So if he played out this year and then didn't have a catastrophic injury or played well enough to still get tagged next year, he could play this year and next year under the tag and, and end up with $53.5 million coming his way in the next two years. And then hit free agency after that. The Chiefs wouldn't tag him a second time. That number would be huge. You hit free agency then. You can go sign another deal, and you've already got an extra $50 million pocketed that you don't currently have here on uh, July 24th. I don't think any of that is terribly likely, but that is a path to keep in mind because Quinnen Williams' deal, the extension he just signed, gives him $66 million practically guaranteed, $48 million guaranteed at signing. Chris Jones, or uh, Aaron Donalds, I told you, is pretty much all practically guaranteed to the tune of $95 million. And Chris Jones, at age 29, a million or two in average annual value, I don't really think is going to move the needle for him in an enormous way. I think he might be willing to stomach being a million or two dollars per year underpaid if that comes with long-term security where he knows what he's going to be making when he's 31 years old or 32 years old. That's where there's value for Chris Jones to sign this extension at all. Otherwise, hitting free agency is great for leverage. The franchise tag is terrible for leverage. And then what could the Chiefs do if they just say, all right, fine, you want all this money guaranteed. It's not going to happen. You're not going to sit out this year and not get paid and pay fines as you go. So go ahead and play on this season. Then we'll figure it out. Part of the deal here also is that it gets lost in this conversation a lot, I think. People seem to kind of uh, forget in July that the Chiefs do actually intend to try to win another Super Bowl again this year. Because you could say, well, you know, oh, but Chris Jones, years down the road, he's going to be in his 30s. All the well, yeah, but the Chiefs have Chris Jones right now because he unequivocally gives them a better chance to win a Super Bowl this year by being on this team. So, of course, he's valuable and worth making an effort for now. 
Because now is the thing you are in the most control of. That you have the most say over and that you can actually like play football games to win this year. So if if they play Chris Jones out this year, and if they do the, the, the franchise tag as early on in the process as humanly possible, and they spend that moment up until the NFL draft next year looking for trade opportunities, that is the unfun but practically plausible option that I could see down the line that has a couple of issues. One is that is a big salary hold right there on the franchise tag and then moving Chris Jones and figuring out how to do all of that. You're in like Frank Clark territory, right? When the Chiefs were on the receiving end of Frank Clark. But Chris Jones is 29 right now. This time next offseason, he's going to be 30. That's how time works. And I have a little bit of concern that if we end up in this sort of nuclear outcome for the Chiefs, where it's play out this deal, we'll tag you next year, then we'll trade you for what we can get. A 30-year-old, even an elite 30-year-old interior defensive lineman is not going to bring back the haul that Tyreek Hill did last year. It's just not going to happen that way. I I don't know what Aaron Donald in the open market would get you right now. Chris Jones being the closest thing to Aaron Donald that we have seen. I I don't know what he would get you right now. Maybe you could ask, like, okay, so what does that what does that say about his like salary value then? His extension value? Are the Chiefs right to not want to pay Chris Jones exorbitant amounts of money into his early thirties? Yeah, probably. I mean, to be to be wary of that is generally good business practice in the NFL, and the Chiefs do very very little in terms of paying dudes beyond the age of thirty, not named Travis Kelsey. But now I do think there's a little bit of an argument that. Chris Jones has at least the most leverage he's going to have the rest of his career right now. Because he is under contract. But he is a vital part of a team trying to go back-to-back. Fully worth the money he's going to get paid on his current deal right now, being around that $28 million cap hit this year. And we know that he wanted this extension done, and we know the Chiefs wanted to get it done. Because if they would have believed they were at an impasse earlier this offseason, I think they would have already moved Chris Jones. I think a lot of people missed the point, missed the lesson of Tyreek Hill when that trade happened by overly applying that same logic immediately to Chris Jones. Because he isn't Tyreek Hill. Because he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes getting him the football. And the Chiefs tried to keep Tyreek Hill. Another part of this that I think has largely been lost to history already. They were working on that deal. Then the price went up and the Chiefs tapped out. Got a huge return. Rebuilt several parts of the defense. Won a Super Bowl in year one. Worked out pretty well. And I don't think the lesson from Tyreek Hill was the Chiefs are going to just keep seeing their guys rise in value and then move everyone who's not named Kelsey or Mahomes. I think that was a little more about the receiving core, the overall health of the roster, and still genuinely trying to do what makes the most sense for the team in the short term and in the long term. Not only do I not think that Chris Jones off this team leaves them with even a an average defense for a group that with Chris Jones, I I like as like a sneaky top 10 unit this year. I really do. 
But taking Chris Jones off this defense right now submarines that completely. And I don't know what you would be getting in return, even even just holding some of that salary back to spend on other things. I don't think you're spending that money or whatever draft capital you're getting in this hypothetical Chris Jones trade. I don't think you're spending that money or or salary or, 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 or draft capital in any way that will raise the overall health of your roster more than losing Chris Jones tanks it. And I think the Chiefs believe that too, or else we know they're not afraid to make a huge hack like that. They did do that with Tyreek Hill. I think they've shown us they don't view Chris Jones as being that same type of player or in that same situation. So I still think this deal ends up getting done. I am more worried about it right now than I was when we talked about it on Friday. And I don't know what exact shape it's going to take. I am fascinated to see what ends up happening as as this week plays out. We will hear from Steve Spagnuolo around 11 o'clock today. He's obviously not going to talk much about the uh, mechanisms of the contract negotiations. But I I bet he'll say some things about what the defense looks like with and without him. Plus, also, it's just great to have Spags back in our life. I'm really excited to have our first uh, Spags sighting of the 2023 season. Plus, we'll talk to Matt Verderam of Sports Illustrated at noon about all of this uh, going on with the Chiefs, from Chris Jones to uh, Kadarius Tony and everything else. Plus, Andy Reid and Clark Hunt yesterday both did address Chris Jones. I bet both of them had some interesting things to uh, to say. Maybe just things that slipped through the cracks that I think is worth hearing. We'll uh, bring you some of that as well. It's The Zone here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Joshua Briscoe and Dylan Michaels with you. We'll talk more about Chiefs camp and uh, the official end of the Royal season. I tried, guys. I really did. I really thought, you know what, maybe again. I'm going to give it another effort. And then, I, and then I stopped. I decided the effort wasn't worth it. Happy Chiefs season, everybody. More football next. The Zone with Jason Anderson. The horn just blew. Can I, uh, does that mean I'm done? Weekdays from 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The horn hasn't blown yet in St. Joe. Joshua Briscoe with you here in the zone. Jason will be back tomorrow. Dylan Michaels on the side of the glass. Decided intern Reed's going to get put on the Sports Center spotlight at some point today. Going to see if those radio jitters grab him at any point. Love the uh, love love ramping up the the anxiety on the interns when we can around here. Big day for the interns. They got intern Jeopardy coming up in the program today also. So, whoo, going to have a chance to see some interns make or break it. Time to shine. Time to shine or time to crash. Time to realize you flew too close to the sun. This will be good. Pressure makes diamonds. Or, I guess, it implodes, explodes. I don't, I'm not sure. We'll stay positive. We'll stay positive. Our, our intern is about to shine on this sports center today. Reed is going to kill it. Yeah, sometimes they call them Reeds. So you got you to do a sports center, Reed. Um, it's literally, I don't know if it's in your blood, but it's in your name. And that makes me think... Makes you think you got a chance. Zone's brought to you by Google Fiber, by the way. You want to talk about having no doubts whatsoever in your connection. I've got my doubts about Reed. I have no doubts about this Reed because I know that Zone being brought to you by Google Fiber is always going to bring you award-winning internet without data caps, annual contracts, or hidden fees. Uh, I've been uh, using Google Fiber at my home now for uh, several months, and uh, man, it's, making that switch finally was so very worth it. So appreciate Google Fiber for all they do in Kansas City. Uh, I've laid out my sort of 
thoughts, hopes, wishes, and concerns on Chris Jones. I'm going to go back to Kadarius Tony here real quick. And and also maybe we can maybe we can stretch out through a little more of the wide receiving group and some of the places where I'm hopeful or concerned. I'm going to have my heart broken by Kadarius Tony. I can feel it. I mean, I just it's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Probably going to happen to you too. Because it doesn't it doesn't do you any good as a sports fan. It doesn't do you any good to hold your hope too too tightly, right? To to crush it under the weight of your own fear. You know your football team has an absolute alien wide receiver who could do some crazy bleep with their absolute alien quarterback. And all this creature from outer space has to do is make sure that Earth's atmosphere isn't too hard on his tendons and muscles. That's where we're at. Like, he is clearly from another planet that has gravity that's, like, a little stronger than Earth's gravity, so then when he gets his feet set here on human planet Earth, he's just bouncing, Canarius Tony. He's just, it looks like he's breaking physics because he's used to, you know, planting his fur, his foot in the ground on, you know, Krypton 2. I couldn't come up with a good fake planet name. We'll take it. It's, you know, it's not my best work. But he's coming from Tony Land, and he's used to planting this Tony foot. Island. Tony Island is really good. He's he's used to having to work harder with a little extra gravity on Tony Island. So he makes it here to Earth, and the Giants are like, man, this dude looks like an alien. I guess we should take him. I don't know. He's breaking down here under Earth's gravitational pull. You know, not having enough tension. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe we say it has tendons too loose now. And I'm saying if, imagining you're a Chiefs fan listening right now, just sort of, you know, just odds are. If you're a Chiefs fan right now, I, maybe maybe you, uh, I, look, I'll tell you, I was drafting Kadarius Tony in my underdog fantasy drafts that I was doing over the weekend. Maybe it'll pay off, maybe it won't. You can decide if he's worth your fantasy draft pick or not, but he's worth he's worth being hopeful for. He's worth being excited about because you being excited does nothing to actually like put more pressure on the team. They're they're going for a, a run it back campaign here. They're they're trying to win another Super Bowl. It's okay. You can be hopeful about Kadarius Tony and not you're not adding any bad juju to the world. No pun intended. He's in New England now. It's okay to be excited. But I, much like Kadarius Tony, I'm afraid to get hurt. I am a little, I am a little bit concerned that these hopes are going to only show up in these pockets, which which seems like the way it's it it was playing out last year, even too right, where you get two games of Kadarius Tony looking like a, like an absolute future Hall of Famer, and then a stretch where he's not out there. Maybe you get half a game where you say, "Oh bleep, here it comes. Here's the Kadarius Tony game." Followed up by him getting hurt in the third quarter. And even if that's who he is, he will be useful. He was that guy last year and was very useful as the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Did they win a Super Bowl without Kadarius Tony on the roster last year? I don't know. The fact that I don't know is a pretty good sign that he had real value. Even if you say, oh, well, Mahomes figures it out with somebody else. Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe not. The one part of it that I do wonder about now, though, that that I do think matters from a team-building evaluation standpoint is what do the Chiefs expect from Kadarius Toney from a health perspective? 
do they expect him to play? Who among us wouldn't take 14 games? 14 games I would take in a heartbeat. Are the Chiefs expecting Tony to play 14 games? Or are they expecting it to be eight? Just what they can get? I don't know. TBD. But if they were expecting Kadarius Tony to be their number one receiver, if they still are expecting that, it wasn't a season-ending injury, just a knee tweak before the first practice of the season, or at least the first camp practice of training camp. If they're expecting him to be their number one wide receiver, they probably should have had a contingency plan they feel really good about. Now, yesterday, who was taking first-team reps with the ones at wide receiver? Uh, That would be Justin Ross. You're welcome, Chiefs Twitter. You're welcome. Enjoy. Ride that wave for as long as you can, as fast as you can. I think it matters a little bit. Guys will rotate, but Andy Reid's not going to just put an absolute scrub out there to waste Patrick Mahomes' time. That's a, there's a little there's a little bit of belief in Justin Ross if he's out there running with the ones on day one of full team practice. That's great. Happy to see it. Hope he stays healthy too. Reports that Richie James was looking good. Saw a clip of him catching the pass, running in shorts. We'll see. I like the skill set. I like this is my little secret. I like the skill set. Of every receiver on this depth chart, more or less. Tony to Ross to Ross to James to Sky Moore to Rasheed Rice. Yeah, sure. Healthy best case scenario versions of each of those guys is fascinating. Like an all pro caliber type of thing. The best version of Justin Ross is going for 1,200 yards this year. Hell yeah. The best version of Richie James catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. A thousand yard season. Why wouldn't he? He got 17 games catching passes from the best quarterback to ever fall of this planet. Love that. But what is realistic and what is realistic through the Chiefs' eyes? The messed up thing is it might not really matter because they might have just said, well, hey, look, we were nervous about injuries and experience and depth, but we were not going to pay all that money to Odell Beckham Jr. And we were not going to pay all that money to DeAndre Hopkins. And if that's the case... Should they have traded up to get Zay Flowers? It sounds like they tried. If not Zay Flowers, probably someone else in that range. That could have been a tackle. They had started going right before then. It could have been Mozzie Smith, especially if they didn't feel great about things were going with Chris Jones. I don't know. That that one would look interesting in retrospect, too, I imagine. But I, I don't know if the Chiefs have mishandled anything here. I'm certainly no... Not filled with any rage at this point. But I do have a little bit of concern as injuries and banged up receivers are both the guys setting your ceiling and perhaps your floor. Canarius Tony and Justin Ross setting your ceiling is a dream. Because their ceilings, as healthy, best versions of themselves wide receivers, would make the rest of the league blush. But if they're not out there... You are putting a lot on the shoulders of a second-year Sky Moore, of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I do think is a really good NFL wide receiver. We just pretty much know what he is to this point or what he has been to this point. You're asking him to show more than that. Or you're asking someone else to step up. For all of the skill sets that are fun about Richie James, 
He has not been a team's go-to guy. And if Travis Kelsey's healthy, none of the receivers have to be the number one pass-catching option. But Travis Kelsey will continue to age as he navigates linear time. I hate to say that out loud. I'm trying to keep it to a whisper. Please stop with your facts here and your logic. Dylan, I don't like my facts or my logic either. And my facts and logic say that Travis Kelsey will be catching 1,000 yards and, and receiving yards until at least his 40th birthday. The messed up thing is that I'm only joking a little bit. I kind of think that Travis Kelsey could do all of this until he's like 38, probably. He, he's the only person I would bet on. And he should, by the way. Just for, just for us. <laughs> not, not because he doesn't have a good life lining up for post-football, because it sure seems like he does. I just hope that post-football is way down the line. Maybe after we sort of find the advancements in technology that allow you to merge with cyborg tech to become a never uh, a never injured NFL player. But eventually someone else is going to have to be a part of that. I like the ensemble the Chiefs have wide receiver very, very much. I think it needs a leading man, so to speak. And some of the ensemble guys could rise to that level if they're there to take the stage. This is my concern with Kadarius Tony. This is my concern with much of this group. Training camp is long. We will have many days of practice to look to as we see how all that shakes out. We will hear from uh, the Chiefs pretty shortly as well. Expecting to hear from Steve Spagnuolo, Travis Kelsey, Trent McDuffie, and Sky Moore. Maybe next, maybe in a few minutes, coming up here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.